The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message from Pastor Chris May. Amen. Our world needs a move of the Holy Spirit. We need the Lord. He is the answer not just to the pandemic that we're facing now, but He is the answer to everything. Jesus is the answer. He is the way. And uh, there's no God like our God. We, we have an awesome God. And uh, we need Jesus every moment uh, of our lives. And let's pray as we uh, dig into God's word this morning and uh, ask him to move upon our hearts. Father, we pray that you cultivate hearts right now to receive your word. Uh, Father, we thank you for it. We're hungry and thirsty for your word. Lord, we need, as we just say, we, we, we need a, a move of your spirit. And so we pray for that, not just, uh, not just a move that would merely touch our community of believers, but that would uh, go throughout the world. And we pray, Lord, that uh, through this pandemic that we're facing now, that, Lord, you would, that you would truly um, use this in a way that is glorifying to you in the way that turns hearts back to you. And uh, so, Lord, help me as I preach today and uh, help as I preach to people who are not in this particular location to, to still be able to receive the word in a way that is life-changing. And we love you and we praise you. We pray all of this in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the, uh, the current pandemic that our world is facing is tragic on, on so many different levels. And yet, it is often through tragedy, through suffering, that we as a church can emerge and become refocused and reminded of our mission to love God and to love our neighbor. This morning, I want to point out some biblical truths that should ring loudly during this season of uncertainty. And I'm not going to preach in my normal expository fashion today. Uh, I'm going to preach a bit topically. Somebody needs to make sure I don't have a fever. But uh, I just want to point out some, some biblical truths that will help us navigate in this, uh, during this tri trying time. And the first truth I want to point out is simply this, that the... Uh, Coronavirus should remind us of our own fragility. Um, a pandemic like this reminds even the strongest of us that we are an immensely fragile people. Psalm 103.15 says that as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it. And it is gone, and its place knows it no more. Did you get that? The Bible compares us as human beings to grass that is easily moved by the wind. It is a good thing to be reminded of our own weakness apart from Jesus. Because then it emphasizes and reminds us of how dependent on God we actually really are. And so many of us in the Western world, even in the church, have a false sense of security 
that is based upon our own success or our own prosperity. We have this false sense of invincibility. In Luke chapter 12, we find uh, one of Jesus' parables that is so relevant to where we are in America today. In, verse, in, in Luke 12, verse 16, the Word of God says, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And listen to what he says in verse 19. He says, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Do you get that false sense of security that he is experiencing? Verse 20 says, But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself. In other words, uh, stores up toilet paper for himself. And is not rich towards God. Is this not where we are as a people today? Think about it. With all of our advancements in technology and science and with our ability to acquire wealth, Many of us have, like the man in this parable, this false sense of security. And like the man in the parable, there's this temptation to kind of put our feet up and to say, you know what, we're safe, we're secure, this is all we need, we'll eat, drink, and be married. But then something like the coronavirus comes along, and by God's mercy... We are reminded of our need for Him. That we are, we are now faced with this truth that we cannot trust in our earthly riches, our, in our own talents, in our own abilities, for satisfaction or for protection. You know, one of my favorite hymns is the, the, the hymn, I Need Thee Every Hour. And it boasts, I need thee, I need thee every hour, I need thee. And you know, I am reminded in a time such as this, that there's not, it's not only every hour that I need the Lord, but there's not a millisecond that I do not need the Lord. Psalm 90 verse 11 says, Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? And here, listen to what the psalmist says. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. This church is an opportunity, this season is an opportunity for us to come back to reality. It is an opportunity for us to be reminded of our own fragility. And, it, and, and that is, it, it is in Christ that we live and we move and we have our being. It is not in our talent or in our possessions, in our money that holds all things together. No, it is Jesus Christ. King of kings and Lord of lords who holds all things together. And so this virus reminds us of our own fragility. But secondly, this pandemic reminds us of our equality as human beings. The coronavirus knows no barriers. 
It is not a white virus. It is not a black virus, an Asian virus. It's just simply a virus. It respects no social, no racial, no gender boundaries. And consequently, we are reminded that we are all part of the human race. And this drives us back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. It says, God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. That's why we're here right now. God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I hope that this virus compels us to quit fighting amongst ourselves. In this season, we realize that though we might identify as Republican or Democrat, we might be dark-skinned or light-skinned or country folk or city folk, ultimately, we are all part of the human race, which means we all matter because we all matter to God. We are created in His image. We, are all, we all have within us this God-given dignity. So we have a great opportunity as a church right now to love our neighbor. Though our neighbor might look or talk or think differently than us, though our neighbor may have a different worldview than we do, this virus reminds us of our mission to love God and to love all people, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Matthew 5, 14, verse, verse uh, passage I quote, often says this, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This pandemic reminds us that we all have value. And it means that we should love every human being enough to do all that we can um, to make sure, number one, that they hear the gospel. Listen, people are frantic right now. They are losing their minds. We as church folk, we do, as the people of God, we do not have to live in fear. And we need to offer some stability, some hope in this most uncertain time. And we do that by first and foremost sharing the gospel. But we also want to reach out and meet the physical needs of others as we are able as well. And that moves us to our final point. This pandemic reminds us not only of our fragility and our equality, but it also reminds us of our great hope. The hope that we have as the people of God in Jesus Christ. Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills.
from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So as believers, listen, we need to show the world that we are a people who have hope. We need to show them that they can have the same hope in Christ that we have. We are a people who do not fear. A people who uh, are not anxious. Because we have this unshakable hope in the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.7. I've heard this, uh, this verse quoted over and over this week. It says this. For God get, did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control, or some translations say of a sound mind. So many people are absolutely losing it right now over this virus. And we need to show the world what it is to have true faith, to have hope. Now that doesn't mean that if you have enough faith that you won't get this virus. It means that no matter what happens, the Lord is with you. He will not forsake you. It means you don't have to lose your mind. Because He gives a peace in the midst of the storm. I heard a preacher years ago say this, and, and it's so true. God does not always get us around situations, but He always gets us through them. He is a faithful God. And you might say, well... If we aren't to be a people of fear, why did we cancel service this morning? Why are we doing this live stream event? Well, I'm glad you asked. I heard you, okay? Number one is this. We are called in the Bible to honor our authorities. And we have been asked to help our communities by not gathering together in large crowds. The virus is going to spread. But the point of not gathering in large crowds is to moderate and to slow down the spread of this virus so that our hospitals are not overwhelmed and people can be treated. So I feel that this is our civil duty. You may say, well, we are to have faith in God's protection. And I would say yes and amen. But we're also called not to test the Lord our God. Now, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not an epidemiologist. And thus, I believe it is wise for the sake of the health of our community. I believe it's wise for us to listen to their suggestions. And furthermore, the uh, district superintendent of our uh, denomination, the Assemblies of God, has asked us not to meet. And I'm called to honor those who are in authority over me. And so that's why we're... This is not a decision that was made out of fear. This is a decision that we have made out of love. And that being said, I want you to know that we as the people of God, we are not in despair. I'm just not up, I'm not up here with an anxious heart today, worried about the next week or the next month. 
Listen, as the people of God, we can have joy in the midst of any circumstance. I'm reminded the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord at all times. And again, I say, Rejoice. Christ is supreme, He is sufficient. He is more than enough in any situation. So let's cling to Him during this pandemic. In August of 1527, the bubonic plague struck Wittenberg and many people fled the city in fear for their lives. But Martin Luther and his then pregnant wife remained in their city to treat the infected. Here's what he said. He said, I will ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I will fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I will avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus by chance infest and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, He will surely find me, and I have done what He has expected of me. And so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I will not avoid place or person, but will go freely. This is what faith looks like. So we as a church... I want you to hear my heart as a, as a pastor. We're not going to disregard what our governor, what our president, and what the pastors of our denomination have asked us to do. We're not going to disregard that. We're not, we're not going to meet together in large crowds because of their request. I don't know how long this is going to be in effect, but we're, we're going to, to listen to those who are in authority over us. That being said, I want you to know I am calling the men and women of Real Life Community Church to be the church. You know, it's interesting. We boast all the time. We, 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 we say these little taglines like the church is not within these four walls. It's, it's, it's more than these four walls. And um, Let's go be the church. And let me ask you, why are some so bent out of shape that we can't... Listen, I, I get it in one sense. I want to be with you this morning. But some are so bent out of shape that they said, this is the time for us to be the church. Why are we not having church? Well, you're right. It is time to be the church. So let's take this opportunity, real lifers. Let's take this opportunity to love our neighbors. I have some good friends in Colorado last night who um, made uh, muffins for their neighborhood. And they went and they delivered these treats to their neighbors. And they said, we want you to know, here's our phone number. We want you to know we're here to serve you in any way possible. Particularly to the elderly and those who are most vulnerable to this virus. They said, we want you to know, we'll, we'll bring you food. We'll do anything we can to serve you. So I am calling upon Real Life Community Church. Though we can't meet in one gathering. In one large community. I'm asking you, I'm begging you, be the church. 
be the church. Let's think outside of the box. And let's ask, how can we, how, how can we serve Richmond and Kentucky and the United States in our world? Through our sacrificial giving of our time, our talent, our resources, our toilet paper, whatever it may be. How can we serve our community? And so I want you to know I'm making this commitment. I don't want to, I, I don't want to endanger anybody else by my negligence. But I want you to know I'm not scared of the coronavirus. I'm not scared of get, getting it. Um, I feel I'm, I'm healthy enough that it, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. And even if it were, I'm not scared of that. What I want to do, I, I sat in my, my study chair yesterday in, in my home. And I just, you know, I, I was a bit at first disheartened that we weren't going to be able to meet together today. And as I heard stories of how people were serving one another, faith just began to arise. And I, I just began to become over, just overrun with joy because of opportunity. So those of you who have sat under my, under my preaching for the last five years, four years, three years, two years, however long you've been at this church, it's time to put that preaching into practice. Let's be the church. Let's love of God and let's love our neighbor. Father in heaven, help us in that aim. Help us to love our neighbor in any way possible. I pray for our protection. Lord, I pray that, that you would keep us from this. No matter what, God, we ask that we would be willing to get into the trenches of this thing. To serve others relentlessly and sacrificially in whatever capacity we're able. Let Richmond and let our communities, all of our communities, see that we are a light. That we are the salt of the earth. That we are the light of the world. Because Jesus is with us. And let us be willing. Let us be willing to go. And to be faithful. To what you've called us to do. And let us not be. Just overly spiritual in this. Yes we want to share the gospel with people. We want to tell them about the hope of Jesus. But let us be also immensely practical meeting the physical needs of other people as we are able. Let us not be hoarders only thinking of ourselves and stockpiling for ourselves, but let us share freely with our neighbors. And let the love of Christ be seen for people who are not saved, who maybe have bad thoughts about the church. Lord, let them see how loving we are. Let them see what the church is really about. And let us love you and our fellow man during this time we ask. In Jesus' good name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
visit us online at myrealchurch.org.